him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Presenting Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, as Baroness Orpsey's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Adventures are the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. Colonel Dewhurst and Harding had been on a routine mission to France to check the efficiency of the escape route over which we brought refugees from the Revolution to the safety of England. And it was Harding who brought back the first news of the six citizens of Rouen. Demi Percy, it's monstrous. Here are these six people, decent, quiet, and law-abiding, minding their own affairs and harming no one. What they really think of the revolution is, of course, their own business. They may even approve it, for all I know. But certainly none of them's ever made the mistake, as far as I can learn, of openly criticizing it. Uh, you say they're under arrest? Yes. Well, when did it happen? The day before I reached Rouen. I had the story from our agent, Despremeux. And the charge against them? Oh, treason against the state. Well, what does that mean exactly? All six of them are alleged to have been acting in subversive collaboration with the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, with us? Yes. Which, of course, we know to be quite untrue. Exactly. I've never even heard their names before. And this Despremeux assures me he's had no contact of any kind with any of them. Well, what are the circumstances of their arrest? Well, it seems they were denounced by no lesser personage than the mayor of Rouen himself, who personally laid the charges and ordered them to be taken. Why? Surely he must have had some cause, some some sort of evidence. Oh, he claims to have documents which prove they were in the pay of the League. Oh, that's absurd. If there are any such documents, they're forgeries. Exactly. Well, has Destremeux any theories at all? Oh, yes. He believes the mayor has a private grudge against those six people. And that he's faked these charges to get his own back on them. Hmm. So, who is this mayor? Do you know anything of him? His name's Claude Duplessis. Is he thought well of in Rouen? Well, there's no active opposition to him, if that's what you mean. But whether that's due to respect or fear, I couldn't say. This Parmel tells me he's a very brilliant man. Why, in what way? Well, for many years he was a physician in Rouen. An excellent one, too, they say. Then, just before the revolution, he became active in politics. To further his career, he studied law, qualified as an advocate, and gave up his medical practice. Oh, an ambitious man. <laughs> that usually means a ruthless man. Now, when do these six people come up for trial? A week from today. Mm, there's no doubt they'll be convicted. With Duplessis leading the prosecution, they're bound to be. And then... The guillotine, of course. Six innocent people. 
We've got to help them, Harding. I agree with you. It's damnable to see people die for something they haven't done. But it's really not our responsibility. Now, listen, Harding. You know Chauvelin and the Committee of Public Safety as well as I do. You know exactly the way their minds work. <laughs> Here's a golden chance for them. And you can wager they'll take full advantage of it. Oh, in what way? Well, they'll blazon the case all over France, of course, as a warning to others. Next time we need recruits to help us in our work, no matter how sympathetic people may be to our cause, they'll think of the six citizens of Rouen, and we shan't get a soul. The trial's a week from today, you say? Yes. Right, we leave for Dover first thing in the morning. A nightcap, Harding? A toast to the six citizens of Rouen. We reached Rouen. In our disguise as traveling merchants, we went at once to our old friend Destremeux, who lived in a big old house on the outskirts of the city, standing among its own vineyards. From him we learned the latest news. I can tell you, Monsieur, Rouen's in a ferment about it. I have never known a case create such public interest. Now, what is the feeling of the people, Monsieur? Are they for or against? Uh, it is difficult to say. Those who are against are the vocal ones, of course. Naturally, those who are for are preserving a discreet silence. Naturally. Oh, it is to be a big occasion, they say. The Committee of Public Safety is sending three judges all the way from Paris to hear the case. <laughs> Shouldn't be surprised if Chauvelin himself puts in an appearance. Oh, I think we can count on that, monsieur. It's uh, rumored he's to leave Paris tomorrow. You know why we're here, of course. Oh, I can guess. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, have you made a plan? Not yet. We hope to strike through their accuser, this man uh, Duplessis. But we need to know more first. Have you anything you can tell us, monsieur? Oh, nothing positive, I'm afraid. You will recall, of course, I suggested that Duplessis was satisfying a private grudge. Yes, we, we both agree that's the most likely explanation. Well, since you were here, I've made a few guarded inquiries. I have ascertained that all six are, in fact, personally known to Duplessis. And that at one time or another, each has had business or other sort of dealings with him. You have no more detailed information? Ah, uh, no, monsieur, I have not. It could be obtained, I dare say, but um, one would have to be careful. And it would take time. And time is the one thing we have not got. We must act swiftly. Monsieur, all these beautiful vineyards of yours, you must have cellars. Cellars? Oh, but of course. Uh, then I would like to see them. There was one great storage chamber, and off it a number of smaller rooms with high barred windows that looked for all the world like prison cells. Prison cells. <laughs> An idea had begun to form in my mind. Reckless, perhaps, but it might succeed. Well, monsieur, I have one or two small matters of business to attend to. Uh, monsieur Destremeux. Oui? Our friend the mayor was once a physician, I believe. Oh, yes, indeed, and an excellent one, too. But he does not practice medicine now. Oh, no, monsieur. Uh, nevertheless, he probably still discussed it uh, among friends, I mean. Oh, once a physician, always a physician. Uh, quite. Is he the sort of man who's likely to be interested in, well, let us say, unusual cases? Very interested, I should think. Excellent. What's all this about, Percy? You thought of a plan at all? Uh, well, an idea. Uh, Monsieur Destremer, are you personally acquainted with the mayor? Oh, only in the most uh, casual way. Oh, well, not well enough to arrange for us to meet him socially. Oh, alas, I, I, I'm afraid not. But I have a friend who knows him very well. Another lawyer of Rouen, Avocat Sadou. He is to be the uh, nominal defending counsel at the trial. Oh, purely a matter of form, of course. No one imagines he can get them off, of, least of all, Sadou himself. Well, could we meet the mayor through him, do you think? Oh, it could be arranged, I guess. Tonight? Oh, it's short notice, monsieur. And time is short, too. Well, I will do the best I can, of course. But uh, this is a matter that requires considerable finesse. You see, Sadou is an ardent Republican. 
Oh, it would be fatal to give him the slightest inkling that he is being used. Of course, but you will try. Oh, but certainly. I will make it my business to reach him at once. The hours dragged intolerably in the days that followed. But at last, it was Thursday. Destromeur rode off during the morning, and when he returned late in the afternoon, well, this time he was smiling broadly. You fixed it? I'm sure you have. Avocat Sardou is giving a small dinner party in his chambers this evening. His honor, the mayor, Citizen Duplessis, is to be there, and so is a distinguished guest from Paris, Citizen Chauvelin. Chauvelin? That's a treat we didn't expect. Others present will be Citizen Destramour, a vintner of Rouen, and two visitors to the city, two distinguished merchants, Citizen Degas and the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> this time will be eight o'clock. Destramour, marvelous. How on earth did you do? Oh, let us not inquire into method. Let us say simply, it is done. Come in. Ah, uh, thank you, my friend. Uh, may I present Citizen Degas and Citizen Lemaitre? Oh, uh, gentlemen, uh, Avocat Sardou. Your servant, Citizen. Uh, and yours, my dear Avocat. Your humble mm. and obedient, sir. Uh, your kindness to strangers obliges us deeply. Not at all. Let them speak so highly of you. I'm delighted to have the privilege of your acquaintance. Allow me to present our worthy mayor. Citizen, you bless Delighted to meet you, And a very distinguished visitor from Paris, whose company I'm sure you will all deem a great honor. Citizen, Chauvelin. Ah. <laughs> you, uh, you are visitor to Rouen, gentlemen? Uh, yes, uh, your honor. I trust you have not liked for hospitality here. On the contrary, we find it uh, almost overwhelming. <laughs> you are from Paris, of course, Citizen Degas? Oh, but why, of course. Citizen Chauvelin. You speak with a tongue of savvy. Oh, my accent. Uh, yes, you're quite right. I have heard it said many times that nothing escapes the notice of Citizen Chauvelin. I can well believe it now. Uh, <laughs> your health, Citizen Chauvelin. Uh, very good. <laughs> the moment has come. I gave Harding and Destromer the signal they had been awaiting. Without seeming to do so, they changed the conversation to matters of medicine. Here, Duplessis was the authority. And mellowed, too, by the meal and the wine. He became expansive. He became jovial. <laughs> Harding saw his chance. He took it. <laughs> Matter of fact, Degas was telling me the other day of a most interesting and unusual case. <laughs> you may like to hear it. I would very much. Well, it is nothing very much, really. It, it concerns a young fellow, you know, a, a peasant farmer. He was hit on the head one evening in a drunken brawl. <laughs> Rather like we are here now on the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, he seemed to get over it well enough, and a couple of months later he was married. And in due course, his wife presented him with a child. Oh, a beautiful baby. And soon afterwards, he was thrown from a horse, and he hit his head again. Oh, <laughs> and it appears that from the time of his original injury, his mind had gone a complete blank. He remembered nothing of his marriage. He denied his wife and his child. And it wasn't until his wife's brothers threatened to beat him to pulp that he agreed, oh, very reluctantly, of course, to accept them. Oh, it is just a fairy tale, I know. I, I apologize, I've that drunk a little too much. Uh, no, but, uh, not at all. I, I should imagine it was quite true. Oh, you, you mean it is a, a medical fact that people do sometimes com 
complete to lose their memory. Quite common. There was, of course, the famous example of Jacques Fontaine. Ah, but... Oh. Uh, it is un Chauvelin. He's more qualified to tell us of that than ah, I am. Ah, Chauvelin! Come on, Well, well, well. In the early days of the revolution, uh, <laughs> Fontaine was an ardent supporter of Robespierre. He received a slight head injury in some street fighting, but nobody gave it a second thought. When Robespierre tried to become a dictator, Fontaine was one who turned against him and voted for his arrest and execution. About a week after Robespierre's death, his memory, which of course he had lost, suddenly came back to him one day during a meeting of the Committee of Public Safety. He rose to speak, and his first words were, as our beloved leader of Pierre oh. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to him eventually? Uh, two days later, he followed his beloved leader to the guillotine. Oh. <laughs> Scoring returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. The evening broke up soon after that. Tony and I reeled off first, according to plan, and Destremer stayed on last to divert possible suspicion from himself. Twenty minutes later, as his honor, the mayor of Rouen, walked as best he could towards his house, two figures emerged from the shadows to bar his way. They were masked. Just a minute, you. Huh? Well, what's the meaning of this? If you don't want to get hurt, just hand over your purse. That's all. Are you aware who I am? I am the mayor of Rouen. Uh, pleased to meet you, I'm sure. Your purse. I'll see you done first. Help! Put fire! Help! You would, huh? Uh, take that! Uh, oh. uh. When consciousness returned to Mayor Duplessis, he was lying on a hard bunk in a tiny cell, and the first light of dawn was seeping through a barred window. He opened his eyes and turned his head. Seated on a stool, watching him closely, was a sergeant of the guard, a big, scruffy fellow with half a week's scrubble of beard on his chin. Yeah. So you're awake, huh? Uh, where am I? Where do you think you are? Same place as you've been this last fortnight, huh? Uh, sorry I had to give you that crack on the head, but oh. you shouldn't have got so violent, you know. <laughs> After all, the old abbe never meant you no harm. He was just trying to help. I remember now. 
footpath. What do you mean, footpath? When I was going home last night, they attacked me. You were here last night, and nobody hmm? attacked you but me. And that was only because you were being a bit more troublesome than usual. Eh? And don't call me no footpad or I mightn't like it, see? I tell you, I was going home. Where am I? Am I... Am I in jail? <laughs> well, you're not at the palace at Versailles. But I... I don't understand. How did I get here? Oh, now, look, what's the sense of asking questions you already know the answers to? But I don't know the answers. What prison is this? Oh, well, of course. But this is ridiculous. Do you realize who I am? Yes. Claude Duplessis. Prisoner 724. I am the mayor of war. You mean you were the mayor of war? Were? Listen, I told you they elected a new one last week. Last week? Yes, that fellow Sardou. Oh, don't talk nonsense. I was at Sardou's chamber for dinner only last night. I remember distinctly. Citizen Chauvelin was there. Oh, Citizen Chauvelin was there, was he? Yes. Well, it might interest you to know Citizen Chauvelin hasn't been in Rouen for nearly a month. Since the day of the trial, in fact. The trial? Yes, of those six fellows that have been working for the Scarlet Pimpornello, or whatever he calls but, himself. But that trial's not till today. Oh. oh. We are in a state this morning, aren't we? Getting ourselves really confused about things. Here. Better have a drink of water. It might help clear your head. Thank you. Uh, feel better? Yes, thank you. But I still don't understand. What don't you understand? Why I am here. How I got here. All this talk about Sardou and Chauvelin and the trial and so on. It's, it's not possible. Oh, it's not possible, huh? Unless... Tell me. Tell me, what is the date? You ought to know that. Very important date for you. June the 17th. June the 17th? Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. But the dinner party at Sardou was on May the 19th. That's right. Do you mean I've been unconscious for almost a month? Well, I wouldn't say you've been unconscious exactly. You couldn't have been very unconscious when you killed your old housekeeper, Madame Saint-Claude. Killed Madame Saint-Claude? Well, that's what I said. But that's fantastic. I never laid a hand on no, her. No, it wasn't with your hands you did it. It was with a poker. What? Oh, you shouldn't have lost your temper like that, you know. And her and all. But woman. I give you my word. Oh. Is, no, no. is that why I'm here? Of course it is. Have I been tried for it? You certainly and have. And what was the verdict? Seeing two of your servants was eyewitnesses. Guilty, of course. And the penalty? The usual one for murder. The guilty? That's right. When? Eight o'clock this morning. This morning? Yes, it gives you about two hours. So there has been some mistake, some horrible, incredible mistake. I don't remember a thing about it, I swear. The last thing I remember is walking home from Sardou's dinner and being attacked by two thieves. One of them struck me on the head. That's it, of course. I've had a complete loss of memory. It does happen sometimes, you know. We were talking about it at the dinner. I've got to see the governor of the chain. Oh, now, now, take it quietly. I've got to see him at once, I tell you. May I come in? Oh, it's you, Abbe. I'll open the door. Thank you, Water. And how are you, my son? Resigned at last to your fate, I trust. Abbe, thank heaven you're here. You can help me if you will. Of course, that is why I've come. You have had time to meditate on the grievousness of your sin and are about to face your holy maker. That is not what I mean. The Lord is merciful, my son. Confess your fault. You don't I... understand. This is all a mistake. A mistake. Uh, he reckons he's lost his memory. That or is something. the truth. You've got to believe me. From that evening at Sardou's dinner, everything's a complete blank. This fellow here says I, I murdered my old housekeeper. Yes, in a fit of ungovernable rage. And for no more reason than that she had committed some but trifling I, I, I wouldn't do a thing like that. I'm sure I you wouldn't. You were seen to do it, my son. The testimony at the trial was quite clear. Moreover, you admitted it yourself. You pleaded guilty. I, I did? You don't remember? I tell you, I remember nothing. The whole thing's a gross miscarriage of justice. Please take me to see the governor. That is not possible. But he's got to know the truth. Well, I will see him. 
I will tell him what you have said. Ah. It will make no difference, but it is the least I can do. Thank you, Abbe. Thank you. I gave him an hour to think it over, and then I returned. You saw him, Abbe? You saw him? Yes. I have just left him. What did he say? He takes the view that even if this story of yours is true, for which there can be no proof beyond your own world... It is, I swear it is. Even if it is true, it does not alter the fact that you committed murder. But I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't responsible for my actions. You are a lawyer. You know there is no defense for that in law. The governor regrets that he sees no good cause to intervene. The penalty must stand. I don't want to die. I'm not ready to die. You of us are when the time comes, my son. Try to compose yourself. You have always been brave in the past. Be brave now. Yes. Yes, I I must be brave. The Lord is merciful, Duplessis. He knows how weak we are, and he is prepared to forgive. By virtue of my vocation, I have the power to hear anything you may wish to confess and to grant you absolution. Is there anything you would like to tell me? Well, I... Naturally, I haven't led an entirely blameless life, but then I suppose none of us have. You surely don't expect me to go through a whole list of minor sins and omissions. No, 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 no. When a man is face to face with death, it is the important things that matter. I have observed you closely in this last month, my son. You are a man with a heavy weight on your conscience. Am I? Search your soul. Seek deeply in your heart. What is this burden you've been carrying? Could it be, perhaps, anything to do with the six citizens of Rouen? The, the six citizens? The men you sent to their death. Four weeks ago, they were traitors. Why should they be on my conscience? A man in my position hears many things, my son. I visited them as I am visiting you now. What did they say? Each one of them swore to me the charge against him was false. And each went to his death still swearing But there was the evidence. It was overwhelming. How could they deny that? Each told the same story. Each said the evidence was false. By who? By you. All right. I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you everything. To tell me alone is not enough. You mean a written confession? It is the only way to right the wrong and to be sure of forgiveness and redemption. Very well. Have you paper and pen? Yes. Here. I, Claude Armand Plessis, do hereby solemnly attest and swear that the evidence adduced by me against the six citizens of war... Avocat Sardou was at breakfast when Harding and I called on him. Uh, but we were masked, and we carried pistols. And we entered through an open window and handed him the confession. Gentlemen, I don't know who you are, but I can guess. You are English, of course, and members of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. Perhaps. I dare say you find it hard to believe that in France today there are some people to whom justice is still more than a mere word. But I assure you, you are wrong. You have my promise that with the aid of this document, I will do all in my power today to secure the acquittal of these six people. Uh, thank you, monsieur. returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel.
Now, Mario Scoring as the Scarlet Pimpernel. We remained in Rouen till late afternoon. As the crowd streamed out of the courthouse, we learned the verdict. Acquittal for all six. But when we got back to Destremer's house, Harding and I suddenly realized that we'd forgotten something. I say, Percy, what the deuce are we going to do with Duplessis? Yes, just what I'm wondering. He obviously realizes by now he's been tricked. If we turn him loose, he'll not only deny the confession and demand the rearrest of the six people, but he'll also denounce Destremer. There's only one thing for it. He must die. Oh, can't just murder him in cold blood. Uh, what is this about uh, cold blood, Richie? Well, um, Duplessis. Oh, you've no need to worry about it. What do you mean? A few moments before you returned, I heard a shot from the cellar. I went to investigate, and you'll never guess what I found. What? There was Duplessis, a pistol in his hand and a bullet wound in his head. Obviously, his sense of remorse had become too much for him to bear. Oh, well, that seems to settle that, doesn't it? But uh, there is one little thing that puzzles me, though. What is that? I wonder where he could have got the pistol. I couldn't say, monsieur. I haven't the faintest idea. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel... Starring Marius Goring, with music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.